Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. G'day folks and welcome to another episode of Encounters Down Under. Judy joins the show to tell us about multiple experiences she's encountered and to also talk to us about her career in being a UFO investigator, which escalated to her being chased with what could have been the men in black. So please welcome to the show, Judy. Welcome to the show there, Judy. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. Oh, it's great. Uh, so basically you've um, told me a bit of a few experiences that you had there where you've, um, from your father to uh, yourself there, and you've also been involved with a uh, UFO sort of group there, investigating UFOs and such, and even yes. potentially being chased by the, M- uh, the MIB or the Men in Black as such? Um, yeah. Or some other government person. Yeah, okay. yeah it was that was quite freaky. But I've only just um, reconnected with the lady that um, I worked with back in '96 with the um, Goss- big Gosford sighting. Yep. Um, but yeah, but yeah, my involvement goes back way before that. Now this would be um, great to hear. So if you just want to go and start us off from like your earlier stages, from um, your first experiences, basically, and um, just go from there. Okay, my earliest memory was, I think I was about seven or something like that. Um, And I was with my brother in the backyard and my brother and I were just laying on the grass looking up at the sky. And I remember my mother calling out and saying, what are you doing? We're saying we're looking for UFOs. Now, back in those days, they weren't even mentioned. So we weren't quite sure what was going on there, but... Yeah, we just thought it quite novel. I mean, unless we'd seen like Marvin the Martian or something on TV and cartoons, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, but can't really I mean, remember what inspired you to go and start looking for UFOs, basically. No. <laughs> yeah. No. So anyway, um, Eric Von Daniken's uh, Chariots of the Gods came out. Um, okay. Not sure I'm aware of what I... that is. Pardon? I'm not really sure what that is. What's that one? Chariots of the Gods was the first um, documentary movie that came out that looked at um, things like uh, Egyptian hieroglyphs, the Nazca planes, um, went into like um, megaglyphs of, of sorts, cop circles, that sort of thing. Ah, right. Anyway, well, it, it sort of went back to ancient times. So they. He looked at um, evidence um, in Mayan cultures and, and Egyptian cultures mainly. Okay. Um, and, and Indian, like American Indian culture and landmarks and things. Yeah, wow, that would have been incredible. So that was pretty much like the earliest sort of documentaries that sort of started bringing that sort of stuff out to the yeah. public. Yep. So um, we, were, we were talking about... Um, that type of thing and my father says just out of the blue I've seen a UFO and yeah, well. my brother and I looked at it, each other and he said yeah but when we when I saw it I was told never to tell anybody about it okay um, he was he was driving a cab he used to drive a cab um, around Blacktown Seven Hills area and he said he was waiting at the railway crossing because, well, there's a bridge there now, but it used to be boom gates. And he was sitting there waiting for this train to go past. Um, and he said all of a sudden there was just, just this huge craft in front of him and 
it, it had lights shining into the cab. He said, and then it just whooshed off. And then there was a call over the the, um, the cab radio. Did anybody see that? Um, we've just been instructed not to mention it to anyone. Yeah, right. Why? I wonder why they um, suddenly just come with that response, go and don't talk about it. Yeah, well, apparently the pl- um, it was reported to the police and, yeah, the, the cab, cab network travels pretty fast, like on radio. Yep. So... So anyway, um, I think I was about nine when he told me. But yeah, we went and saw Chariots of the Gods and I just went, oh my goodness. Yeah, so did, uh, did that, your father yeah. um, mention he had any passenger with him at the time? No, he, he was coming back. It was late at night. So yeah. it was probably around 11 o'clock at night. So he would have dropped somebody off and was heading back to the, the rank. Yeah, okay. What about, um, I think back in those times they might have had boom gate, uh, you know, uh, was it automatic boom gates, you know, or if they had the guys there that dropped them down for no, years? No, like, they uh, were auto- or automatic whatever? ones. Okay. No, automatic ones, lights started flashing up, down went the boom gates. Yep, okay. No, that's fair enough. But, um, yes, it's strange how they just um, told everyone to be quiet about it. They obviously didn't want the ridicule. Yeah, yeah, probably. I don't know. Um, so, moving along... Nothing sort of happened for a few years. And then when I was about, oh gosh, it was about, around about 94, um, I started seeing craft, like I saw a couple. And then, um, and they, they weren't very significant, except one of them was quite close up. I could actually see what appeared to be um, people, it looked like people moving inside the window. It was, it sort of looked like a, um, a tourist ship, but it was in the air. Yeah, It was okay. really weird. Wow, can you describe the shape and all that sort of stuff to us? It was just a, a disc shape. Yep. It, it, just your average shape, I guess. Didn't make any noise. Um, it was there one minute, not gone the next. Um but then the most significant thing happened. Um, I used to be in a theatre company and I, I was the only driver out of four of us. So I went and we'd finished our rehearsals that night about 10. And traditionally we would go and have a milkshake at a local milk bar and then um, go up to a, um, a lookout called Crackneck and just look out over the ocean, have a bit of a chat while we had our milkshakes, finished our milkshakes in the car, and then I'd take everybody home. But on this particular night, I dropped off one of the girls. So there was um, myself and two other girls and in the car. Um, so we were just sitting up at Crackneck, listening to the radio. Then all of a sudden, the radio went off. And we thought we were just sitting there the whole time. And I know that it was probably about quarter past 20 past 10 that I dropped the one girl off. This is at um, night time? Yeah. Then I went to start the car and the car wouldn't start. The radio went off, the car went dead and everything like that. Um, so I'm feeling with this and I said to the said to the others, I think I'll roll it down the hill. So we rolled the car down the hill and when we got to the bottom of the hill, it started, but I went in to knock on the door to this girl's place to say, oh, um, can you ring the NRMA for me because the car's playing up and her father answered the door and and I said, oh, is Louise there? Can she ring up for us? And he said, have you got, do you know what time it is? And I said, oh, it's probably about 11. And he said, try three o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. So I don't know what happened then. Have no recollection. All I remember is the car stopping. Like, and that was it. Um, and the others were with me. Jeez, so, how did you feel after the realisation of that? Um, 
it spun me out a bit. Yeah, it would. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but be, I figured because I didn't know what happened, it didn't really matter. Yep. I just sort of passed it off. I thought, I'm not going into anything. Um, so, because I thought, if I do find out something, I might not like what I hear. So I just, I didn't go into hip, hypnotherapy or anything like that. Yeah. So anyway, um, it was from about that time that, that I moved house and there was my next door neighbour was involved in with animal welfare but she also knew a lady who was involved in it who was also um, the director of um, INUFOR which is the independent network for UFO researchers here in okay. Australia um, and that was a I'd met her and told her about what had happened and the couple of sightings that I'd had beforehand. And then around that time, there was a huge sighting at Gosford um, over Brisbane Water where quite a large craft came down and started sucking up the water and sort of stayed there for a time and then took off. Um, that was witnessed by a police officer and several other people. Okay. Um, and it be, became a case. So I ended up being one part of the investigative team and interviewing people about that. Okay, um, that would have been amazing. Yeah, I heard some really incredible things. Yeah, um, I bet you would have. Yeah, people just didn't talk about that. They talked about other things. Okay, um, are you, can you elaborate a little bit on that? or? Oh, um, we had abductees turn up. Um, I had a, a lady approach me that had a little, uh, a kid who was very frightened. Um, so I came and interviewed the kid, and because I'm a bit of an artist, so I actually drew. I said to the the child at the time, "Can you, can you explain to me what you're seeing?" And, and I'll draw it. Well, um, they called them the dinosaur people, and a brother actually saw them too. Okay. Um, and they'd come at night and take them um, away. And she described where she went, but I can't quite remember. It's really vague, but I have a vivid recollection of that drawing, and it was um, a, a reptilian, basically. Wow, that would have been scary for the kids. They were terrified. Oh, well, not so much. The little girl was... The little boy wasn't because he really liked them. He'd wait for the dinosaur people. Wow. So, and the mother was really, really scared about the whole thing. Oh, as you so, would, you'd be sort of concerned for your children's yeah, well-being sort of thing, wouldn't you? And like, the kid's going crazy or they're seeing things or what's going on? Yeah, yeah so, um, so yeah, you, you pick things up like that along the way as well. Um, and I was at university at the time too, doing um, a postgrad degree. So um, I was travelling back and forth and doing the investigations and going to the um, meetings and stuff like that. But anyway, I started to get all this information and people were ringing me up, giving me information to, um, to pass on to Moira and stuff like that. And I was driving up there and I had. Um, a fellow student, I'd pick, I'd pick her up and we'd drive up to Newcastle. Anyway, um, I was starting to hear some pretty strange stuff and at one stage I thought my phone was tapped, so I unscrewed the whole thing. You get a bit paranoid at times. As you would. But but we were driving up from, um, from Wyong up to, like, the Wyong exit up the freeway. And there was this this dark car with this man in it who was, and this is what what caught us. She said, "That's weird. That man's wearing a hat in his car." And I looked back. He had dark glasses on. So, and he came up really close behind the car. That's what sort of got her going. But anyway, we were driving along, and I said. I'm going to change lanes and see what happens. So I, I went across two lanes and he followed me. 
Actually, that would have been pretty um, sketchy. This went on for 45 minutes. Oh. So I'm, I'm driving up the freeway and we turned off at Wall's End. So I got right on the outside lane, which means I had to cut across three lanes to go up the off-ramp. Because every time I'd change lanes, I'd speed up, he'd speed up, he'd change lanes. And I said, Freddie, just hold on to your hat. I'm going to do something really radical here. So I put my foot down and I went across the three lanes and up the ramp and just floored it. And he couldn't get across to get up the ramp. Wow. So after that, I just went, no, nah, I changed my phone number and I cut off all or move on, uh, all in your four stuff for the time being. Yeah, so that would have been pretty scary, like having that realisation that you're starting to get a bit of attention. I, yeah, I was, it was scary. Yeah, quite scary. It would have been. So what do you think they were trying to chase you for? Like, obviously, because you're involved with the, uh, the UFO group, but like, do you think there's anything there that could have sparked the interest to them, like as to why they would be wanting to start tracking you down? Um... Well, I, I don't know. I think it was just like a scare tactic. Or I could have been paranoid. I don't know. But, but that car was definitely following us. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know why. But, yeah, it, it frightened me. Oh, it would. So I thought, no, it, it's got to be something to do with what, what this UFO research is I'm doing. Yeah. I, I must must have found something or stumbled across something that that I don't I don't know. They think maybe it's dangerous. I don't know. Maybe something you shouldn't know. Yeah. 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 So that, that's the only time you sort of had a bit of involvement with them. Oh well, there were other sightings as well. There, um, the best one I I must say. Well, I used to get these this urge, like I'd grab the camera and who was ever in the house at the time, I'd say, come on, I'm going to take a photo of UFO and I haven't got any of those photos left, they were damaged. But, um, Bugger. yeah, so I'd grab a camera and we'd see something, like usually something minor, like just a couple of flashes or something. But one night, we were sitting up Crackneck. I was up Crackneck with these other people. And I thought, oh, well, let's go home. I don't think we're going to see anything tonight. And on the way down the road, there was about seven craft just floating. Um, and they floated down across through the entrance. And then um, we got in the car and followed them right up to Lake Marmora, which is about 30 minutes away, and then they all disappeared. And yeah. um, and then another, like a couple of years later, um, we, yeah, a couple of years later, I had um, some other people in the car. We were coming back from Tukli. We've gone up to Tukli for some reason, driving back along. Um, Wilford Barrett Drive, which takes you back to the entrance. And as we were coming into the entrance, we saw a bunch of three craft, and the guy in the one of the guys in the car with me was so terrified he actually started to cry. Now this is a much older oh, guy. Um, and of course, I just got out of the car and started running, and I didn't have a camera with me. I'm like, it, does anybody see this too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're running towards them? Yeah. <laughs> I don't no know fear, you... just get straight into them. No, they, they don't frighten me, no. No. So how far um, away do you think these objects would have been then? Like, obviously far enough for you to go and want to try and get up close oh, to them. Oh, look, they would have been probably about uh, eight metres, I'd say. They got. They came down pretty close. Wow. So how big do you think these objects were? Oh, they were only like pod size. So they were. They were kind of like a bubble. Um, okay. Yeah. Couldn't but, have been um, min min lights or something like maybe. I'm not. I don't know if they usually no. come in groups. But... <laughs> not. Not over. Not over the ocean and going into land. No. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't um, think I've ever heard of min min lights going around the ocean. No, and I mean, like, we, 
a lot of these things, these sightings have always been around water. That's why I think this thing over at Richmond at the moment is really weird. Um, and I think, I suspect that um, it could be humans piloting these things. Okay. So yeah, what gives I mean, the impression that the, the humans have this sort of technology? Um, well, oh, you haven't actually looked back into history, have you? Not really. Um, the, Germ the Germans had three craft that were um, designed from a captured craft from Russia and they were used in the war. Okay, yeah, I've heard, I've seen little theories there, like little um, oh, brief documentaries based on the German, the, the Bell UFO that's supposed to be based from the Germans capturing the uh, UFO or something like Yeah, I have a little bit of that like that. So is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, we've had access to this technology for, like, decades. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, my brother and I used to sit around and theorise about how it all worked, how the propulsion system worked and stuff like that. Yeah. We figured it was had something to do with... Um, um, magnetism and all sorts of things. So, um, yeah, just really bizarre. And, yeah, nothing for years until recently. That's and fair then, enough. And, that, and that's when I, I actually contacted Moira again and she said, oh, I've been thinking about you and we haven't seen each other for, like, over 20 years. But she actually um, has written about five I'm working on a sixth book at the moment okay. about about UFOs and documenting sightings and witness reports and everything. She's been into it for years. Very knowledgeable lady. I've actually asked her to join the group. Yeah, okay. The That'd page, be awesome. Yeah, I'd be definitely page. getting um, some information from her, seeing her sort of experiences and such. Oh, yeah. Very, very experienced with it. Yeah, yeah so, so she's was she part of that um, UFO research as well, was she? Oh, she actually instigated it. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I'm with you now. Mm. Yeah, and that's how I became a member of um, Inufor back, back then. Yep, yep. So she's still currently doing it now? Yeah. Wow, so yeah, she's, she's right into it then? Yeah, if you, if you get onto... Google and type in Inufor, it takes you straight to her page and it's got her um, contact details on it. Oh, excellent. I'll definitely go and have a look at that at some stage. That'd yeah. be absolutely amazing. So how far does the uh, her information go back to, roughly, you think? Um, I'm not sure. Like, the first book I read of hers was The Gosford Files, only because I was in it. <laughs> yep, fair enough. Um, under an alias. Yep. But, um, oh, she, yeah, she's... Oh, I don't know how far she's gone back, but she's been been back there a long, long, long time. Yeah, no, fair enough. That would be absolutely she's, amazing. She's worked with people from MUFON in the States. Okay. You know about MUFON? Yes, yeah, yeah, MUFON, yep. I know MUFON. Yeah. They're pretty much yeah, everywhere. So she, yeah, she's, um, yeah she, she's got contacts in MUFON and other places, yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. So has she actually had experiences herself? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I was going to try and chase her up. Maybe she might be interested in an interview here as well. Yeah, and, and she's a great talker too. She, she's very concise. About oh, that's good. Things. Yeah. Probably do a better job than me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. So... Um, so basically, what um, time span do you think this went from, like, from your first experience to, to how recent? Like, if you can go through the years, basically, just to uh, describe so, when you had them. First experience, probably, first genuine, I really saw it experience was probably about, oh, let's see, 17. Okay. And I'm, I'm now 59. Okay, so that's the first time span. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it usually happens about every nine years. Okay. But, yeah, there was quite a gap. And then, but in the meantime, I've always been looking for them. Yeah. 
Isn't you, that weird? It's always weird. You still always want to try and give that sighting again, don't you? Just, just to reconfirm that you're not going crazy. Yeah, I don't think it's about... I don't think it's like that That sense. I think it's more like um, I know you're there and I want to communicate with you. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Because when I, when I was watching these things the other night out at Richmond, I'm saying, okay, move right. And I'm trying to communicate with, and this is where I got the idea that poss possibly humans were driving these things because in in other situations where I've seen one and I've said move right or move up or down, yep. it's done exactly that. Oh, wow. So because, going based on that, though, it might not people be are human. In, yeah, well, no, well, they, they're interdimensional beings. Yeah. So... The, um, There's got to be some sort of telepathic connection there for them to be able to understand what you're trying to. Well, that's ask them. how they communicate. Um, have you seen the interview with Evie? No, I can't say I have. Um, that's a YouTube thing. It's an interview with um, an extraterrestrial biological entity. Um, he was the only surviving um, creature from alien from the Roswell crash site. Okay. And he lived um, in um, Area 51 for a few years. They did an interview with him and they actually, the interview that's on YouTube is when he gets sick. He actually gets sick and they have doctors come and look at him. But they, it's oh, a I think I might have seen some of that. But I didn't, I didn't watch the whole interview, but I think I've seen little snippets of videos of something like that happening. Yeah. Well, I found out about Eby through listening to a an Indian, um, an American Indian. I think he's um, Navajo. Um, he was doing a presentation about um, his culture and and what they'd seen because they were actually moved out of Area Fifty One. That's where they lived until all this crash thing happened. Yeah. But yeah, he he actually mentioned. Eb and I went, oh, so I, and he's saying he's like, check it out. If you don't believe me, check it out. So I did. Yep. And that's how I found it. Yeah, well. So what are your thoughts on the whole Bob Lazar thing? Do you think that's a connection between the two then? Um, yeah. There's been a lot of um, people that have, we'll put it this way, with the Roswell thing, um, all the nursing staff, um, and a few people that were involved in that um, suddenly disappeared or were found dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, people go, oh, it's all a big conspiracy. But if you really check it out, it, it kind of makes a bit of sense. It sort of opens a big rabbit hole sort of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Sort of information. I'm, I'm in that, I've been in that rabbit hole for a while. Oh, it just keeps and going, doesn't it? And there's some really interesting stuff too, you know. It would be absolutely amazing. It's just, um, it's just never ending. It just keeps going in a big, massive loop, pretty much. Yeah, well, it's they've been here long before we were. Yeah, definitely. I'm sort of on the same sort of theory, like where. Well, I've heard theories there where the planet's reset itself several times over the centuries, and yeah. it's. We're going through um, one now. Yeah, pretty well. And so we've had civilizations before us, and that's probably where the technologies come from, in a sense. I think that's one way of looking at it. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I've heard um, that they're from our future. I've heard, um, well, there's, I mean, it, there's a real thing for interdimensional stuff, for sure. Yeah. Um, and... T like space and time continue continuum and time travel and all it, it sort of flicks off to all these other different things yeah it opens um, up at a whole different aspect of worlds yeah and um, and i mean you look at you look at how our world is now um and how we well i mean they're, apparently their reason behind hanging around is that um they don't want humans to destroy the world or themselves 
Yeah. And these these things only ever turned up after the nuclear testing. Yeah. Up up until then, there was really nothing that that um, was evident. But yeah, the it sort of came about with all this nuclear testing way back in the fifties. Yeah, well, that's true too. Because like, like you have seen like there's this um you have seen them for sure. But like the, you know the hieroglyph. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Just the Aztecs and also stuff, like there have been like little descriptions of beings or crafts in the sky like oh gosh, de- depictions yeah. of something that could be alien for all we know and then uh, yeah, yeah uh, like nothing really in between that until the end like you said like the nuclears came in and next minute like nuclear silos are getting turned off for some unknown yeah. reason and getting saying that like there's crafts in the sky yeah i mean like i had an interview um because part of my degree was interviewing someone and so I actually interviewed an Aboriginal who who would be now an elder but he's an artist. Oh that'd be amazing. His his grandfather was the caretaker of Uluru. Okay. Um so his his family caretakes Uluru. He's um he's from up north end I actually spoke to an Aboriginal performer a, a few weeks back and I said, Do you know this guy? And he says Oh yeah, my brother from up there and and told me all of what he knew about him. But anyway, during this interview, um, we were talking about his work and everything, and he said, "I want you to switch the recording off." And I said, "Oh, okay." Is the interview over? He said, "No, I'm going to get you a cup of coffee and I'm going to tell you something." And um, he started telling me about um, Pleiadians, like the Seven Sisters, and um, the Aboriginal side of things as far as what goes on around the rock and that. And I'm like, wow, why are you telling this? And he said, because I know you'll understand. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, and he was telling me stuff that he that doesn't actually go out of the tribe normally. Okay. But there's, yeah, so there was some... So just things like that pop up. There's... That nothing is a coincidence in my my eyes. It's like it happens for a reason. It happens at the perfect time. Yep. And and all the perfect timing that was around um, major events like that um, in Australia or, or in my life, you get all this this synchronicity happening. Yeah. Okay. So there's definitely a bit of an influence getting played into your life. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know if I've been abducted or anything. I have no idea. Yeah, well, but, I think um, the missing time part might have been a bit of a, a, bit of an a obvious bit one. Of a <laughs> but I, I mean, I, like, like people um, that that have said that they're abductees go up there for like um, experiments. They get shown things like they get shown the future. They get shown heaps of stuff. Yeah. Um, there's apparently they go to visit their children, their hybrid children, things like yeah, that. Yeah, I've heard well, stories. I have like... no recall of any of that. So, so I wonder I mean, why you didn't get I've chosen to go and see it. Well, I don't know, but but I um I I am a bit on the psychic side, so I don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair that, enough. If that influence, that's an influence as well. It could play a bit because I can pick up like like two years ago I said. To friends in two years time that something is going to happen that will change the world forever and i don't know what it is and guess what we're doing now yeah the old COVID. yep yeah the joys of and COVID. I, and i and i said there's biological en- engineering going on like i mean even back to when um like the who's that crazy backpacker killer Ivan Milat. Yep. When the backpacker killer thing was exposed, we were sitting around a table with a few friends and I just said, gosh, I can see him in my mind's eye. This man, and I described exactly what he wore, um, how his brother was slightly involved in about it. There was a property, there were like cars, it was like a car sale yard, backpacks were in a shed. Um, all this sort of stuff, and I got a friend scribing it. And then a couple of weeks later, they, uh, the Who magazine brought out a copy with him on the front, which was withdrawn from the shelves really fast. I still have the copy. And he's wearing the exact same clothes that I described. That would have been amazing and, and scary so, at the same time. Well, no, it's not scary. I get random things like that. It's not all the time and it's not always on point, but sometimes I'm dead set on point. Yeah. It's really weird to whether that's got something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like it would have been like a scary realisation going, holy jeez, I was right. And, you know, knowing that ability was on point. Yeah, well, I, I don't, it doesn't frighten me. I think it's just, I accept it. It's, um, Something you learn to live with, and so and sometimes it's worked in my favour. Um, like I've been almost like sort of shoved back from a doorway when I was leaving a leaving home, and and five minutes ahead of me where I would have been at the time's been a car accident, just things like oh. that, you know. So yeah, okay. Yeah, I I know those. Like I have those types of things, but. Yeah, the, the UFO stuff. Um, I just feel like lucky that I've seen them as often as I have. Yeah, definitely. That's um, one of those things that not many people get the opportunity to see. No, and that's why people say you're an idiot because they've never seen them. Yeah. And we get people on the on the page going, "Oh, you know, you're just seeing things, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Yeah, you've gone a bit quiet." Yeah. Uh, um. Sorry about yeah, that. You're back. No, you're right. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. It's a, it's unfortunate. Like there's a big stigma that still sticks around with the uh, the whole UFO genre, and sadly, people just still want to keep sort of laughing at people that claim they have experiences. Like, how can you knock people having those experiences there when you haven't experienced something yourself? Like, there's so much that goes on in the world that we don't know about, and oh. you know. Yeah. Until we get told about it, and you're like, you expect it to believe it. But then it's like, well, when it comes to the UFOs and you're being told about a story, like, you should expect to believe it because, like, they're trying to tell you something that they've experienced. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't understand it. Like, people will go, oh, you know, like, um, there's, there's a God and there is Jesus, there's the Bible. Yep. That's all the truth. They, they willingly believe yeah, science. Perfect example. But, yeah, they willingly believe things they can't see or physically touch. But yep. if they're told often enough by people that they 
they think are smart or that they trust, they will believe it. Yep. Um, but because because they can't physically see what we're seeing, they'll ridicule us. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But hopefully we can try and get away from that sort of stigma and uh, open people's minds up to the reality of what actually does go around the world. Because, like, oh, people it, can't it, be it, just um, make up their own stories off the bat, like people saying with their, their stories of abductions. Like, you know, that's a big imagination I, if they are, like, I lying about it. thousands of us. Yeah. There's, well, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes into the millions. Absolutely, yeah, And definitely. And there's a lot that won't talk for fear of um, being ridiculed. Yep, and unfortunately, it's like people like you and so many others that do actually come forward, hopefully encourage the other people to come forward with their experiences as well. Let it be known to the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, once they open up, then things will start to happen how they should be. Yeah, and if hopefully... those guys out there are only trying to protect us, they're not doing it. They won't do us any harm. So if there's any fear surrounding that, it's, it's totally unjustified. Yeah, like if I they mean, do come all those forward, cattle mutilations were done by people, so they weren't done by alien spaceships. Okay, that's yeah, it's um, yeah, it's very but, precise with the information I've seen on that. Like, that's very clean. Yeah, yeah, it's not hard to do with a laser. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Too. But, like, they could, but yeah, yeah the, the, they, they keep telling us they're here. The crop circles are there, they're turning up. There's no way with the intricacy of those, a lot of those things that somebody can do that overnight. No, it'd be a lot of effort. Yeah. Absolutely, a lot of effort and time to try and do something that like overnight. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, old, the old ones perhaps, but the ones that are coming out now, there's just no way. Yeah, a lot of that too, you have to go and watch for, um, I think the few of the videos I have seen there, a lot of them have been CGI as well, so you have to be a little bit careful on that one. Oh, yeah, well, this was kind of before then. There's actually, um, there was actually a video taken, I think, in Sweden or Denmark, somewhere around there, of, of the, the things actually being made. There are little white balls that were going through a field, and then they went into the field and they saw... This being made, it was really quite fascinating. But yeah, there's there's a lot that that are pretty genuine too. Yeah. As as, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, the GCI thing, we're we're aware of that. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of people do mistake it there and believe it to be real, and I think that takes away a lot of the uh, the credibility when it comes to the UFO genre as well. And like, yeah. you know, people just want to go and. Like it's creative. It's it is artistic, but then some people they just want to go and take the piss out of it, and I think that just takes away so much credibility from people's experiences there, and just yeah, makes a laughing stock for the whole thing. It sure does. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the latest thing is uh, now a UFO shaped drone. Okay, so a lot of people will be going mistaken. Oh that one. my god! Here we go. Yep. <laughs> Like things are starting to happen, and what do they do? Make a UFO-shaped drone. Oh dear! And people yeah. will be going to be calling that one a UFO now, and, and thinking it's aliens invading us or something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, they're going to try and um, after all this COVID thing, that will probably be the next false flag. Um, yeah, I've they, heard that. They're going to be. Yeah, they're they're going to generate um, what appears to be an alien invasion. Yep. And that, that goes, that's all political and dark. Yeah, that's all from the American side. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, I don't know why, that's the thing, it's, it's a strange thing, like, yeah, everything seems to have to come from the Americans, like, why is that the case? Well, I, I like to um, listen, well, I mean, I think the reason that is, is because um, the Rothschilds and, and all those people are over there and basically they run the world's economy okay it all goes into um it, it all comes back to money and power yep so what was it the, the Rothschilds? you say yeah so what are they or who are they the Rothschilds, they're the richest people in the world okay i can't say i've really heard of them oh 
You've got some research to do, Anthony. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I usually just go and glimpse along and see what's coming up, like what's new in the world, seeing like you know, seeing people's encounters and stuff like. That. I don't go diving right too deep into it because like it's just like, uh, yeah, like I was saying, a big you're... rabbit hole, and you just get lost in it otherwise. And it's like, oh jeez, yeah. how far do I don't want to keep going in it? So I just sort of like try and cross the uh, the, the top layers of everything. Yeah. And so yeah, all a lot of the answers are in history. Yep. Um, and and I've been interested in history. That's why I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm. I heavily research things. I I gloss over. There was a time when I did. Yep. But yeah, I mean, like, um, I cross reference stuff. I mean, there's a. I actually um sent a thing to you the other day via the page, um, about ancient, um, ancestors. And it's to do with the Aboriginal side of things. And there's brothers Evan and Neil, uh, Evan and Stephen Strong, who um, research all the Australian glyphs. They've they've gone to the um, the glyphs at Gosford, which are like it's just a, a fully carved stone in ancient, like in Egyptian hieroglyphs. And it's got things like boats and spaceships and things. I actually have photos of that. Okay, I'll um, have a look. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they do a lot of research into, and it crosses over into um, Aboriginal um, law and things like that. So they're really quite interesting to listen to if you wanted to listen to something more related to Australia. Yep, okay, yeah, definitely something I'll look into. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be absolutely they're, amazing. They're they're a bit dry, but yep. um yeah, it's um they some of the stuff that they disclosed is quite interesting. Yeah, okay, cuz I I try to stay away from the American side of things and try to yeah, keep things based to Australia. So that'd be one thing I'll definitely try and look into and uh, have a little bit of research behind. Yeah. Yeah, so them and Moira um, pretty much the two sources that I rely on for Australian facts about that. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Type of thing. No, that'd be yeah. absolutely amazing to read. Um, so I just got a question based back on to your experience uh, with the, your friends in the car and that sort of stuff. Uh, did yeah. your now you got that missing time there? Did your friends mention anything of like how they experienced at all? Like if they had any memories or such? I didn't tell them what time it was. Oh, okay, so they're just thinking normal time. Yeah. Surely they would have realised at some point, though. No. Uh, I don't, well, I don't know. If they did, they didn't mention it. Okay. But I didn't tell them because I thought this would frighten them. Yeah, no, that's fair enough, too. Yeah, because but... when I came back from knocking on the door, um, I said, oh, Louise's dad said she's gone to bed. Yep. So, and then, like, the car started. So everything worked perfectly yeah. fine after that? Yeah. And I had it checked over by a mechanic. Nothing wrong with it. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, tampering with the uh, electronics there, right? Whilst they're, until they're finished with you? Well, apparently. I don't know. I really don't know what happened. Because it's sort of similar uh -huh. to the, the uh, I think it was the Knowles incident. They had a similar thing, too. They were getting chased by a car. I think their car conked out, too, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it usually does. Like, um, machinery usually does get affected. Yep. So yeah. They definitely got some good technology there to go on toilets anyway, when they want to. Hmm. Which is the oh, unfortunate yeah. part too, because like, they can pretty much do whatever they want with us. That's, that's probably the most scary part I find with this whole genre, is like, we have no control over anything that they want to do. If they want to do something, they just go and do it. Yeah, well, they can. And this is why when I, when people say, oh, like, they're scary, they're going to invade us and stuff like that, they have had the technology to do this for thousands of years and they yep. haven't done anything. Yeah, absolutely. If they wanted to, they could just take over the entire world. Oh, in, in a blink. We wouldn't know what hit us. No. So, uh, okay, what are your thoughts on this then? Uh, why do you think... They are hiding. Like, why do they, they always seem to want to stay at a public site? 
why um, not just come straight out and go, hey, look, here we are, and mould because society? There's, because there's, uh, there were government treaties signed back in the 50s that related to that. Okay. So uh, they that's... Um, they've actually had... Um, um, I mean, you, they've, they've actually had um, communications and, and things with um, high-end leaders... Not just in America either. Yep. I was trying to think of the name of JFK, I think. JFK would have been there at that time? Or would have been Nixon? I don't um, know. I'm not really sure. Yeah, JFK. And I mean, like, I even saw, what was it? Um, Barack Obama was the most recent thing when um, oh, he was, somebody was doing an interview, some American guy, late night shower, was doing an interview with him. And he said, oh, you know, something. And it, the subject of UFOs and things come up, and he said, and he just smiled, and he says, I'm going to tell you what they tell me to say. Yeah, I think I remember seeing something like that, actually. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Yep. That's but, just, like, opened yeah, a whole they, world of questions and gone, really, wow. Yeah, I mean, like, they, there was, um, the, there's been technology exchanges. I mean, like, you, you see technology happen, and you think, well, you know, how does it happen so fast? It's it's not it's not really brainy people working at a like a really big pace. It's it's coming from somewhere else. Yeah, well, you think when uh, Roswell crashed, well, the whole Roswell incident. That's when we saw our technology sort of boomed right up into the whole microchips and you know yeah. CDs and stuff, lasers, I suppose, or I think that all sort of stuff sort of coming out then. Yeah, I mean, like, we only had an X-ray machine up until then. Yeah. Now look at all the technology. Oh, it just boomed. It just improved so quickly. Yeah, it's just incredible. It is. And I, and, it, and so and the space race started out of that. And it did. Like, just, it, it, it just seems like a huge coincidence. I'm, I use that term loosely. Yeah. Um that a lot happened since that crash. Oh, absolutely. Most definitely. Yeah. And I think it sparked a lot of things going on, a big um, domino effect, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. So it's going to be interesting to see what the future technology brings on. Because like, we're going to be coming close to that point there where we're not that far from the alien technology or, you know, look, these I, flying crafts that... Tesla, Tesla came up with free electricity. Yep. A few decades ago. The only reason that we don't have free electricity is because of of the the money and power thing. Yep. The monopoly. <laughs> yeah. Monopoly game, basically. I mean, we 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 shouldn't have things like phone bills and power bills and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. We should have our be able to live our lives freely. Yeah, because there are ways in which we can do that freely. Um, but yeah, it all comes down to money. Unfortunately, economy, the world runs by commerce, yep. commerce. Yeah, everything comes down to the dollar. It's a sad way, isn't it? Yeah. When you really think about it, people don't really care about people; they care about money. It is. It's very unfortunate that way. Like you look at the other uh, sort of the um, the islands, like you know the people that the, you know the countries that aren't influenced by like our sort of technology, like where we are. Like you know they're pretty primitive in a sense, but like they're happy. Yeah. Oh yeah, you go out, you you see see the African kids. They've got food. They've got, well, if they're in a position where they've got food, shelter, they're running around bare feet, laughing the whole time. Yeah, they're happy. Yeah. They're just yep. free-spirited, basically. Because they haven't been manipulated as a society like we have. Yeah, that's right. We, we like a lot of things. Like we take a lot of things for granted too. Like if we lose all this technology, we'll be buggered. Oh, some might. Yeah, that, some. Oh well, the majority might. Yeah, probably. Yeah, more like the majority, and then you have the odd few here that don't care. Yeah, see, I've <laughs> been saying to people for years, you know. If if the world stopped, 
if technology stopped, at least um, I've got the skills to be able to scrounge around, light a fire, basically I know how to look for water where there's no water and things like that. Yep. Um, and I used to be a graphic designer. Okay. I could put a newspaper together without the technology. I can do heaps of stuff without technology. Yeah, back to the So the it old wouldn't days. really phase me. And there are a few people like that. I mean, you you got your doomsday preppers and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, I'm I'm no doomsday prepper, but I know if all went pear shaped tomorrow, that at least I'd be able to survive just with what I've got sitting inside my head. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's good. That's one of those dying skills that not many people are going to have. No, I mean it's just incredible. Yeah, like you look now, like um, there's the, like you know farmers are becoming a dying breed. Yeah, and there's a generation of people who can't cook a meal. Yeah, it is unfortunate it's come that way. You know, I, I, you look on Facebook every day and you see people, oh, does anybody know if this takeaway is open? Or, you know, do you know who prepares this? And we'll get Hello Fresh and we'll try cooking. And my gosh, what is that? Yeah, everything's all prepped up for you, delivered to your door. Oh. Life's become too easy in a sense. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it just, like the other day, because we're going through this thing, um, I even took to, I even cooked a, a meal and took it to work for all my colleagues just to have some sort of real connection. Yep. It, it, it's like, even though we couldn't sit and eat it together, um, it, it gave us a connection and caring and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, definitely. that seems to be going out the window too. It does. Everyone's just all concerned about themselves, really. Yeah. Sad, sad place. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. So basically, yeah. I want to bring on that alien invasion that might bring the people together. Um, no, they'll be fraught too scared. It'll be every man for himself. Well, it probably could be too. And then there'll be us light workers standing there going like, what are you doing? Yeah. But anyway. Oh, look, I hope it does bring us all together if that was the case. Like, you know, the world needs it. We need to go and, you know, find back our humanity there and become one. Yeah. If this doesn't do it, something's got to give. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's coming. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Within the, within the next five to ten years, you'll notice the incredible difference between what was last year and what's then Yeah. in the future. Oh, you honestly, know. look, I hope that... You look that... back and you go, oh, I remember Jude saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, at least we have the podcast evidence there to go, hey, look, there we go. Oh, Jude yeah. did say it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Look, honestly, I hope the world does sort of get a little better and I hope if um, we do like get some better disclosure in the future there with um, these crafts that are flying around that the US government's admitted to now these days. Because um, we certainly need something a lot more open to the uh, the whole genre to go and, you know, open the world up going, hey, look, these things are around. They do exist. So yeah, don't yeah. hide away from it. I'd just love to be able to speak to them. Oh, wouldn't that be great? I'd just love to be able to say thanks for taking care of us all this time. And, and the world's pretty crap, but, you know, I'd love to hear what you've got to say. Yeah. Oh, it would be amazing to see what their history is too, like where, like how far back do they go observing the oh, Earth, if that was the case. Thousands and thousands of years. It would be amazing. Yeah, it certainly would. Yeah. So before we end the show, uh, anything else you want to add to there or any experiences or anything else you want to sort of throw in there? No, I don't think so. <laughs> That's pretty much it, eh? Got, um... That's pretty much it. No, that's cool. And I, and I look for those little things buzzing around again tonight. Maybe they'll come, maybe they won't. Yeah, well, hopefully it's not overcast so you can actually see everything that does go on and won't be hiding see, in the clouds. The, thing is, the first time I saw them, it was slightly overcast and it, they cast it against the cloud because of the, the light. The, um, 
the urban lights reflecting back off the clouds. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, it was still amazing That's either way. That's what caught my eye. Oh, look, it yeah. still would have been an amazing experience there, seeing something so unusual and out of the ordinary. I just I just get all happy and excited about it. Yep. No, that's awesome. Look, it's a, certainly an amazing experience, and I hope people do get to have their own little encounters and experiences there, and, and not just the one, because, like, you know, you see the one there, you sort of start questioning yourself, thinking, oh, you're going crazy and that sort of stuff, and then you see a second one, if you're lucky enough, and go, yep, no, I'm definitely not going crazy. Just yeah. it sort of just puts that bit of a, uh, I'm trying to think of the word now. Like you know, it just puts a bit of a genuine, genuine. Uh, I can't even say clarifies. It Gen- clarifies, you know, yeah, genuinity. I think I can't even say that word now. I'm gonna stop where I am. But yeah, it does. It clarifies that you aren't going crazy. Not that the people are crazy with their initial sighting, but you know, no, I, just, yeah. I think the craziness is in the ignorance of people. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Like, we're definitely not the only ones in this universe. It's a vast universe, and we can't be the only ones, but that's for sure. Yep. You're absolutely right. There's so much that goes on. So, but anyway, look, thank you very much, Judy, for joining the show there and uh, telling me your experiences there, and I hope... No worries. I hope you enjoyed your time here. Yeah, it was good having a chat. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> oh, so all the best, and uh, I hope you uh, okay. get your little sighting again sometime soon. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I'd like to see more. Yeah, okay, then. Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, Andrew. Anthony, Anthony sorry. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. All right, thank you very much, Lee, and okay. all the best. Okay, same to you. Bye. Yeah, bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 